So, guys, you know, we, we gave Brian Kelly and LSU a hard time for that hire. But could you just imagine talking to an LSU fan like eight months ago, or I guess close to a year ago when this came out, just be like, hey, what if I told you you were going to knock off Alabama this year? Oh, does that mean we'll probably win the SEC? No. <laughs> what if I told you – oh, does that mean we'll, we'll knock out Alabama from the playoff? No. Well, Auburn's going to be bad. That means we'll at least smoke them, right? No. Well, we're, we're at least going to – could win 10 wins and, and maybe challenge for the playoff, right? No. No. Oh, but we kept Alabama from going to the playoff? No. Oh, but we at least smoked Auburn, right? No. Oh, well, we're, we're playing in 14 games, so we're, we're going – those are playoff games, right? No. The following message is brought to you by Faulty Spark Plugs. Faulties, we are that smell. Hello, and welcome to yet another edition of the Message Pitch. We're we're glad to have you tonight. Uh, I'm Drew. Yo, I'm Will. Evening, boys. I'm Matt. And it is good to talk to you guys. We took a couple of weeks off for the Thanksgiving break, um, and we're back with a vengeance. We'll be talking a little bit of everything tonight: college football, World Cup. Um, maybe even a, a brief bit on hockey, but, but first and foremost, so we're recording this on Wednesday, November 30th. Um, uh, the big news this week, at least in our circle of fandom, uh, is the, uh, hiring of, of Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Um, and it was completely <laughs> not controversial at all. Everybody loved the hire. They thought it was great. He was the most perfect candidate for the job. Um, no, not at all. Actually, I've I've never seen a greater disconnect between uh, the people that are in charge of a program and the people that put their rear ends in the seats and pay their money to go watch said program than at at that institution. Guys, without without spending the entire episode talking about it, thoughts. If you're a young AD out there or, you know, a, a school who's trying to, to, you know, become a mainstay in, in football, you take the last two coaching searches Auburn has done and just do the exact opposite. I mean, it, I don't even want to rag on them too much, but this is the second search in a row you can tell that they had no clue what they were doing after one guy said no. I, I understand this one because Harson had to go. But you got stuck with Harson because you fired Gus and had no plan. And then you let go of Harson and you put all your eggs in the Lane Kiffin basket, and then he left you high and dry, and you could tell they were scrambling. Yeah, Four. it just seems like the, the timing's never right when they need I, a new coach. I'm going to go back and find the tweet that I sent to you guys because I want to give this person credit. But it made me laugh so hard when it was like, I mean, come on, guys. You got to strike when the iron is hot before Liberty loses another 35-point game to New Mexico State. I mean, of all the people that you could have gone with, the fact that that they went with Hugh Freeze. I mean, this is this is the, the, the bumbling coach from the blind side. To put it to, to put it oh uh, okay so every, obviously the blind side is based on a true story we all know the story of Michael Orr but for for maybe those of you who've been living under a rock or you know were three or four at that time and you've gotten into football so uh, the guy who wrote Moneyball which again is a movie but the there's a book based off of it um, wrote the book for the blind side and he is not a fan of Hugh Freeze no he. He basically came out and said that Hugh Freeze was using this as a leverage chip to get into the SEC, to get into coaching, but to also get into the SEC. And the kind of the impression he was giving was the only way he would let coaches talk and, and, and get f- footage and film on Michael Orr is by it being a package deal, basically. Mm. Yeah. It, you don't say. No. Um, guys, I'll be honest with you. Y- you know, there's there's a lot of alleged behavior that's gone on, some documented, some not. But this this kind of has the makings of Auburn sold its soul. 
and they didn't even get like a proven winner like an Urban Meyer, you know. Like this, this is a guy. He, he his big claim to fame is he beat Saban in back to back years. You know who else? You know who else has beaten Saban multiple times? Uh, Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn. AFC East. Oh, sorry, what? Gus Malzahn. Um, but this is a guy who, in his last season at Old Miss, had AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Chad Kelly, Van Jefferson, all this NFL talent, and Chad Kelly, of course. Um, and won five games. And and this is this is a t- I understand, you know, he he's a guy who could who coached in the SEC, but he's gonna have to get out there and recruit. And he, I, I know Cadillac will still be there and Cadillac could sell that program, but there's gonna be some parents out there who who might not be so sure about sending their kid to play at Auburn with all the stuff that he's got going on right now. So I to me, this was a yeah, people are calling it a high risk, high reward hire. To me, it's a high risk, mi- medium reward. You might get a couple 10 win seasons. You might beat Alabama every once in a while. But I, I, I don't think, I think it, high risk, high reward would have been Urban Meyer. If you were going to sell your soul, you might as well get a guy who's won a national championship or a conference championship. Well, I don't even appeared in a conference game. I don't even think it's selling your soul. I think it was certain people that have the money and have the power and make things happen there had uh, it made up in their mind who they wanted and they got who they wanted. Um, I just, whether he was ready or not, or you can't in, in, you know, in four games, you can't really deny the impact that, that Carnell Williams had on that program. I oh, just, I, I agree a hundred percent, but I do think it, it was a lot easier for him to rally the troops and get guys wanting to play when they all had to deal through hard. I mean, Harson, that was the, the most square peg round hole higher there was. And you could tell he didn't want to be there. The players didn't want him to be there. So I think it's easier for them to rally around a guy like Cadillac who didn't want to be there and is an Auburn guy for four games than it is. Okay. Now let's see what you can do for a whole season when, you know, the stank of Harson's been gone. How can you motivate him now? I, I like, I, I think, Cadillac will be a guy who might leave and go get some head coaching experience at a Georgia Southern, Georgia State, you know, mid-major program, and then could could return back to Auburn and and really take that program to the next level. But I also kind of wonder now with him being on that staff, if things start going south for freeze, you might get a, how come it wasn't Cadillac? Let's give the job to Cadillac. And that could, I don't think Cadillac Williams would ever be like, hey, this should be my job. You know, I don't think he'll do anything like that, like Kevin Steele was alleged to do. But I think that could end up creating some, some more divisiveness among the fan base with, you know, as well that than already was created with that hire. But so, so with this hire, let me ask you guys: Where would you have him ranked in the SEC West as far as accomplished coaches? Just in the West? Yeah, just 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 in the West. We'll see. Obviously, not Saban. Saban's obviously. one, obviously. Yeah, not Brian Kelly. I, I would say Brian Kelly has the edge. Uh, I would I would put him behind Mike Leach. Would you? Yeah. I, I, I would say would. I was thinking that they're 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 on par this, with each other. This this is a guy too. I mean, yeah, he's got SEC West coaching experience before. When he was last in the SEC West, you didn't have guys like Jimbo and Lane Kiffin and Brian Kelly and all that. I mean, he he's been at Liberty, you know. Um, I wouldn't put him last. I would probably put him middle of the road in SEC West coaches. I think, yeah, it's Saban. I I think he's getting exposed a little bit, but Jimbo at least hasn't. He's one of the only the handful of coaches who's actively coaching with a national title. You can't take that away from him. Um, I, I I I think I would put I think I would put Freeze above Leach, but maybe behind Kiffin, only because. Mm-hmm. Only, only because Lane Kiffin roasted him on Twitter so bad today. <laughs> I did see. Did that. you get? Did you guys see that? I, uh, I, I don't think I did. <laughs> Matt, so, I feel like you had a point with that. Go, go with it. Oh, I, I was just saying. You know, they that this is supposed to be a big hire for them, and I still don't think that that he is. You know, even the top. I guess I say he's probably. The fifth best coach in the SEC West, fourth maybe. He's he's definitely he's definitely not Kelly. He's definitely not Saban. And I I think I would rather Kiffin honestly than uh, than him. But 
Hey, yeah, like you brought the point, Jimbo actually has a national championship, but Jimbo's also been trending down lately. But still, you know, it's supposed to be uh, – Auburn's supposed to be a premier program, you know, and and this hire just doesn't – I get it. He's beaten Saban a couple times. You know, he's got had some success in the SEC. But it just seems it just seems like another underwhelming hire to me. I don't yeah. know. Yes. Well, I, would, I would give it – I would give it – a C. I don't know if it's a C plus or a C minus, but I, well, I I think with everything going on around him and the fact that his best season at Ole Miss was ten and three, which I mean is is a great season, but he's kind of shown that might be his ceiling. Well, so and I kind of look at it like I kind of look like NBA free agency, like you know how like some of these like role players when they become free agents get like massive payouts. Yes. Because there's no one else available, <laughs> it kind of seems like that. Like he's a good, don't I mean, he's a good coach. He he he's got some he's got some of the credentials, but it just seems like every time they're they're every time they're in a coaching search, there's just never that guy that they can they right. can pluck, pluck away. Like you know, like never a. I mean, you know, Saban and you know all those guys don't grow on trees, but it just never never seems the timing's right for them when the. When, on their coaching search. Well, the, well the, two, the two big names they kept talking about were Deion Sanders and Lane Kiffin, and, and we all knew neither of those were going to happen just because yeah. it, it did But, it, Matt, I mean, you, you put it perfect. I mean, you, you – I think where you kind of look at this coaching search is look at all the coaches who have moved. I mean, Luke Fickle went to, from Cincy to Wisconsin. To me, that might be the best coaching hire, but he, he was available – and from what we know, I don't even think they reached out to him or, or talked to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just, it didn't make sense. And then a year, you know, a year early, removed from the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Er, earlier this week when it came out, Oh, maybe Dabo Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney ain't leaving the cupcake of the ACC to come to one of the hardest. No, he's got great football. gigs. Yeah. He's got yeah. great gigs. But I did see where people are, were wanting, talking about Shane Beamer and how he can build programs. And I, I felt even more – I had my chest puffed out for a while because, you know, I've been high on the Gamecocks all year and, and Shane Beamer. Man. They called me a madman. I mean, they did, they did get one past Clemson, yes. But I to the, to the point, uh, you know, he just – it just definitely feels like there's a disconnect by the, from – the powers that be and control that program and the overall fan base. And I think if you polled most people when it started breaking Saturday or even Sunday that, Hey, it's looking like Hugh freeze is going to be the guy. It was really, really uh, an unpopular hire. Now, yeah, like, like I said, I, I don't know how our podcast Twitter ended up with like, uh, every other thing was from Auburn fans, uh, but I guess that means they're interacting with us, which is great. But yeah, there there was not a lot of positive reaction to that, and I did see a lot of na- like national pundits saying, "Well, you know, they gave Bruce Pearl a second shot." Yeah, Bru- what what Bruce Pearl? No did. comparison. Exactly. No comparison. Exactly. He's more accomplished. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's more accomplished, but also. He he had a recruit over for a barbecue as opposed to all the other stuff that happened. Oh, well, I wouldn't including the off. Yeah, I get what yeah. you said too. But yeah. I would say Bruce Pearl was more accomplished than what Hugh Freeze was. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, but here's what what gets me is is you know from a purely I didn't go there. You know I didn't. I, so I'm not super steeped in it. But you know there is something to that creed. That, that 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 Auburn has, and there is something to that whole Auburn man, Auburn woman thing. It's it's you know, it's kind of neat. Well, what I don't get is that creed is is so important in in the the whole Auburn man thing. That's you know, if 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 you buy into it, that's one of the one of the better compliments you can get. Um, and then you have even even if he's not the guy long term. You've got a guy there that fits the profile. He went there. He bleeds it. He believes in it. He loves it. The players love him. He can recruit like nobody's business. He is one of the best marketing um, agents you have for that university in its biggest biggest vehicle, the football program. And you say, you know what? Thanks. We really appreciate you. 
we're going to go hire the complete opposite of you. A guy that comes with baggage, that has issues, that, you know, for all that he's supposedly good at, Ole Miss still has never been to an SEC championship game, let alone won one. They've never even been to one. State has been there before they have. Missouri has been oh, there. Gosh. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it just – what I get from that, when you boil it all down or pare it all down or what, there is a massive disconnect between the fan base and the people that are pulling the strings. And I, I just don't understand. You're, you're right, Matt. Their timing seems off. But they, for once, they finally had a guy. You know, that was Alabama's thing for a long time was we got to get a bear guy. We got to get a Bama guy. And they eventually got away from that. But, you know, they also got the the absolute, like, gold ring of of perfect scenarios to get a coach but I, I just don't get it i mean i, I just think that that's it, it just was a, it's a bad hire i think yeah, you, you want to know something's gonna games, make it even worse what's that you want to know something that might make it even worse apparently i saw again it was twitter so anybody can post anything but there's a rumored short list for defensive coordinators guess who's on that list uh gene chiswick uh, Will uh, Will Muschamp? I yeah, was just about sure. to say Muschamp. Great, <laughs> wonderful. Let him blow another iron bowl. I, I just don't. I just don't understand the logic. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, again, I'm not an alumni or anything like that. But you just, it's just as somebody who who spent time covering sports, stuff like this just befuddles you. I just don't. I don't get it. And you know. We'll see what happens, but I just – Maybe Auburn knows something we don't. Well, I think they know how to alienate their fan base. <laughs> well, it's all right. All you got to so, do is coach at Arkansas State and get hired there. So, Butch Jones, 2025. Yeah. Well, Matt, Matt, who would you have if, – if if you could have or were the person making the call, who would you have gone with? I, I'm surprised – I didn't see it. Maybe – correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm surprised I didn't see any Matt Rule – consideration uh, me too or matt campbell or matt campbell yeah that's another good one too or willie fritz or but or, i mean matt rule's been sitting on the couch making eight hundred thousand dollars a week doing nothing um you know he's been he's been available <laughs> you would yeah. think they would I, I maybe they did i just never heard i never heard any rumblings that they had so the, the thing the thing with matt rule is he's never beaten a top 15 opponent so that that might have given them. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying they had to hire him, but I just I'm surprised yeah. that I you know they didn't at least consider because it, it's also someone that's different. I mean, maybe they wanted to go back to someone that is familiar with the SEC because yeah. the whole Harson thing didn't work out. Well, um, I've got I, Drew. I've got two for you. That hey, hey, what what was it going to hurt to try? Uh, both of them are head coaches, not necessarily SEC. But head coaches and have done a lot of the program. Uh, there's one guy who's currently an analyst right now that is a heck of a coach and basically built a program from the ground up. Uh, Gary Patterson. He would That's be a good player. one. That's a good Gary one. Patterson, and then uh, he probably wouldn't leave because he's a West Coast guy and likes the West Coast lifestyle. But I at least would have put feelers out there to Kyle Whittingham at Utah. Again, great, great hires. I just it. it Matt, you nailed it earlier when you said just really underwhelming. I believe yeah. you said that. I yeah, did, no, yeah. I mean, that just it's just Jeff Munkin at Army. I mean, anybody. It's just yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of great fits that I saw, you know, out there for Auburn. It just you know, timing was wasn't great. You know, it's like I'm trying to think of a, a good example but um I'm trying to think of one of those role players that you know got hot during the playoffs in Patrick the NBA. Beverly. maybe Patrick Chandler, Beverly that's a Chandler guy. Parsons yeah like one of those guys that you know they they got hot during the playoffs and then they got this big contract afterwards and then two years later they were you know that whoever signed them was regretting it I mean, oh, Johnson Matt Castle yeah, take your pick. To, I mean, Jamie Chadwell in Coastal Carolina put them on the map as a Tennessee guy. Um, 
Tyson Helton at Western Kentucky, uh, Sean Kelly at App State, or I think his name's Sean something Kelly at App State. I mean, these are all guys who have been, you know, serviceable guys, know the area, know this or that. I just, I, I honestly think it was Lane Kiffin said no, so now we have to scramble. Did Lane Kiffin string them along? Yeah, probably. That's what Lane Kiffin does, but you should at least have a serviceable backup plan. I don't think Lane. Yeah. I don't think it was ever. I think what happened was Jimmy Sexton, Jimmy Sexton, and and played Ole Miss for some money. Oh yeah, probably. I think that's what happened. I think there was probably some. Oh yeah, some talks and some media games going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and if 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 any of those guys said no, there, I think Kendall Bryles at Arkansas. Look, I love Sam Pittman and what he's done for Arkansas, but I think a lot of Arkansas success has come from Kendall Bryles. What do you have to lose? Hired Kendall Bryles, he, he can recruit, knows the area, knows offense. He would play well to Ashford's strength. I just – I don't know. This this was an interesting interesting one, and I I don't know. How many years did Freeze get? Six. Uh, six. six his, his buyout is um, 75% of his total contract. So, and his contract is worth $30 million or $40 million. So let's. So if Auburn goes, we'll say they go. Uh, they win four games next year. They win, win five games. That, uh, well, that schedule, just, they'll win at least six with that schedule, unless they are absolutely terrible. The the you'll kind of get an indication on them when they on the second or third week of the season they go out and play Cal and Cal. Yeah, but I mean, like, so that seventy five percent buyout, they they're stuck. Yeah, like, they're they're stuck because they've just. Whoever, paying us, paying whoever's Harson. paying paying Harson his buyout, um, whether it's well, I don't I don't want to get in that, but yeah, it, it just um uh, well yes. Let me let me ask you this real quick because there's some news that just broke that the 2024 season is when they'll go, they'll expand to 12 teams. Yeah, Rose Bowl agreed to that. Yep. So let's say. Let's say that he can get them to the playoffs maybe once or twice as a you know as a twelve or eleven ranked team. Do you think that's enough to keep them around even if they're still losing to Alabama or LSU? No, no, no. I mean, you can get to the play. It's like so so. Let's just say, what's the standard going to be? You have to be <laughs> with, Alabama at least once or twice. Yeah, once in Auburn and once in Tuscaloosa. Because because I, I feel like that's good news for Auburn because you know they're. Well, it, it they're depends. not always they're not, they're not consistently going to be there with Georgia and Alabama, and but, it, it, but this extra spot opens up for them. Yeah, they're going to be you know, can I can I see them being the, the 12th best team in the country? Absolutely. So, um, well, and, and I think too. So, so Auburn, Auburn is 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 unique really among SEC schools because it's one of those on the verge, yeah. right? So I mean, like they they have the potential and the resources now that they got the football only facility, you know they've and they've got enough of of an iron in the fire in Georgia to have that Atlanta connection, but also here in the state about and in, in Tennessee too. Auburn is a is a good if not great program. <laughs> you just have to have some kind of you know non dysfunction to to make it work, right? And that's that's the problem. I, I really feel like. I mean, it it is a it's a great program, and in the right hands, it could be. So, so to break it down, and, and you know, I'm, I'm Matt. You and I are obviously a, a little bit older than Will, so our memories go back a little bit far farther. Um, and I know you're not the biggest college football guy, but just you know, haven't followed it for a while. In all honesty, and Georgia fans are going to hate to admit this, there for a long time was not much difference between the Georgia football program and the Auburn football program. In fact, oh, Auburn yeah. led that series for a long time. Do you know what the difference was in that series? In, in, in the two programs going from pretty good about even to Georgia's now an elite program? Kirby Smart and Auburn nope. bot hiring Kirby Smart? Nope. Mark Richt, one coach for about a decade and a half. Uh, that, you're right. You're right. That's the difference. You you took a guy who could recruit, who could connect with parents, connect players, had had a vision of what a, a player should be on and off the field. And yeah, his players got in trouble from time to time, 
but he took that program from Jim Donnan basically, you know, struggling to beat Georgia Tech and beat Auburn and, you know, get get to a, uh, uh, one of those 10 a.m. bowl games to we're going to let go of this coach that's done so much for us for 10 years, taking us from, you know, the Valley to almost the top of the mountain because we don't think he can win enough. That's the difference. Auburn needs somebody like a Mark Rick, a long-term solution that they get out of his hair and let him. Some stability. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And, and honestly, there for years, I mean, the, the, the Georgia Auburn game, the, Deep South's oldest rival was kind of like a better egg bowl. Like both of those teams, they're they're not battling for SEC titles necessarily or a chance to go to Atlanta. Some years Auburn would, um, but but they were battling for okay, who's going to get a New Year's bowl? Who's going to get eight or nine wins? You know, and right. Auburn has the potential to get there too. They just need that guiding force and that stability, but I don't know if they can find it right now. Well, another problem Auburn's going to have now, too, is they used – Georgia used to be a hotbed for them to recruit, and then you, Kirby Smart has built a wall around Georgia, basically. So you're competing in your own state with Saban, who's a great recruiter. You're competing in your next – your closest state, honestly, Georgia, with a great recruiter. Where are you going to get all your guys from? Well, but that's – that's one of the, the good things, and I guess the bad things about – college football now it's such a national game that you're competing with everybody for the best recruits from anywhere Auburn's still they're still going to draw from nashville that area brentwood academy sent a lot of kids to to auburn they're still going to get their you know east georgia kids they're still going to get you know your um who's the kid that was uh who's the kid that was at briarwood that west played behind matt oh man Trace McSorley. No. Who, who was it? Like Neil Cottle and stuff like that from the Birmingham area. You know. Oh, gosh, that guy. God. I, I, you know, if I heard the name, I could tell you. But I, Clint Mosley. No. no. What year was it? I'll figure it out for you. 2005. It... I can see his face. Brandon Cox. No, he was tr- Hubert Trust. It wasn't. Uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, I, I know um, you if I heard the name, I would I would know. Yep, 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 yep. Barrett Trotter. Yep, I was about to say I was I was saying Jarrett. You know, like that's not it's not Stidham, but Barrett. Yeah, yeah, Barrett Trotter. Yep, yep, I remember that. Um. Anyways, but yeah, I mean that's that's what it's going to take. Again, I don't want to spend the whole night talking about it, but I just I think we can all agree here that was a pretty underwhelming hire. Anybody uh, find the irony in Drew trying to tell us about great recruits for Auburn and then couldn't remember the kid's name? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's been so many from Briarwood, I guess. I don't know. Good save, good save. Yeah. We get a, we get a good save. Yeah, I want to talk some World Cup. Yes, let's take a quick break, yeah. get our get our sponsors plugged in there, uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll jump on it after the break. Jump on. All right. All right. We'll don't sing that. We'll have to pay copyright. We ain't got that kind of cash. We ain't got any kind of cash. <laughs> Thanks, May Pop. Wait till the dog sponsors us. What now? Wait till the Dilly Dog money takes off. One day. One day. Dilly Dog. Dilly dog. <laughs> Hey, Message Pitch listeners, this commercial break is brought to you by Matt's Voodoo Shop. Matt's Voodoo Shop will turn Sean Clifford into a Heisman candidate or the Dallas Cowboys into Super Bowl contenders by simply putting our foot in our mouth. Hey, everybody, this is Patrick McFake Holmes, and you're listening to the best sports podcast on the Internet, The Message Pitch with Drew, Will, and Matt. Get it! All right, everybody. Well, you're joining us for a historic moment in message pitch uh, history. We're talking soccer for the first ever time. Football! 
or no, with soccer. We've already seen the commercials with with David Beckham and Peyton Manning soccer. So <laughs> Matt Matt doing his better best Christian Pulisic uh, impersonation. What we're going to the goal? <laughs> Getting my no the the have you not seen that that, <laughs> that celebration where he where, yeah he pulls up his shirt and it just says it's called soccer. Oh on yeah it. yeah yeah. Uh, but as you got, I played soccer all growing up. So no, I'll, I'll, all right, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. Let me let me set this up. When okay. he says audience, if you're for those of you listening, when he says he played soccer growing up, that is a really really humble way of saying it. Matt actually was and still is a really good soccer player. He led his high school in assists. He very easily could have played on the collegiate level. He had could have gone, could have gone, could have gone, could have gone pro if he didn't blow his knee out. No, no, I'm being serious here. Now I've watched <laughs> him play. I watched him when in his prime. I mean, he Matt is a very, very good soccer player, and cho- chose to step away from from that to you know give everybody else a fair shot. <laughs> Drew, you are, you are a great hype man. I'll, I'll give you that. Well, I, I, I appreciate <laughs> Drew, man. I mean, it's – so, yeah. So, I've seen it in person. I watched him score two hat tricks in one game. I have seen that happen. My man scored the, – the, his team uh, at, at our college, his team won 12 to 1, I think it was. Matt had half of the points. So, he is more what than well What you're saying – what you're saying is Matt puts his team on the back like Blake Griffin on the court. No, 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 no. It, <laughs> yeah, that that is not what would happen. Matt was the team, and they just fielded the other guys out there, so it wouldn't be. It would look like a fair competition. That's what I'm saying. That was like 50 pounds ago, but I appreciate that. <laughs> well, but actually, no, in all seriousness, though, Matt, audience, whoever's listening, he is more than qualified to talk about this. This is his wheelhouse, so. Um, you're listening to somebody who knows what he's talking about. Okay, all right, go ahead. I'm actually making my return to indoor soccer tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited about that. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, uh, I didn't. It, uh, it, uh, forgive me, Pulisic. Yeah. Yes. His dad is big in indoor soccer. Yeah. I didn't know that. Of course, be yeah, honest. In, in indoor soccer, I won't go off too far. In, indoor soccer is a lot of fun because it's 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 kind of like hockey and like basketball. Yeah. Put yeah. together into soccer. It's just really fast paced. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna need a. I'm gonna need oxygen tomorrow. I'm sure, but I just. I love playing. You know, there's just the action's nonstop. So that's why. That's why I just, uh, I'm excited Matt, to back to playing. Didn't last time you played indoor soccer, you almost had a teammate who was the victim of vehicular manslaughter. Do I remember that story correctly? <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about it. Uh, I'm not at liberty to share those details. But after this, I can. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, right. uh, it, it gets pretty heated, but uh, we'll get back on topic. Uh, but thanks for the, the kind words, Drew. Absolutely. Uh, if I didn't mean it. Um, so as you you guys growing up, you know, not as much in, in the soccer, you know, really you guys are in football country, you know, SEC country. So I know soccer hasn't always been a, you know, a big draw in Alabama. But um, what, what are your guys' thoughts of what you've seen so far with this World Cup? Honestly, this is going to sound like super, I guess, nerdy or super out there, but I knew enough about soccer and like I know enough about soccer to carry on a conversation and to watch it. But to see, like, to actually sit down and watch, I guess, two full 90 minute games now, I never realized how similar, like, the big sport, quote unquote, sport, I'm making air quotes, you guys can't see that, that I play and partake in, you know, ultimate frisbee. I didn't realize how similar most of the rules were to soccer. Obviously, like, you know, it's a lot yeah. of running, but. What's in bounds? What's out of bounds? How you stop? You know, strategy wise, I didn't realize how similar they were until watching it. And also, you know, I I always knew this, but it just hammered at the home the fact that I could never play soccer at any kind of competitive level, and the fact that most of those kids out there are twenty seven, about my age or younger, uh, makes me feel old. Yeah, yeah. I. I, I I, I mean, I knew about soccer. One of my one of my best friends growing up played it, so I, I don't. I never played it. I never. Um, but uh, you know, watching watching you do your thing in college, and then when I was a sports writer, I covered it. And and let me tell you, a, a good soccer match 
it's pretty easy to really get into. So I, I understand why it's so popular worldwide. Um, I've only seen the um, the first the, the most recent U.S. match. That's the first thing I've had a chance to really, you know, have on in the background while I'm while I'm working. I thought that it seems to me, and Matt, you can you know better than I do. It seems to me like you've said the U.S. plays to the level of their competition, mm-hmm. uh, and instead it, it was almost like they were like, "All right, look, we got our goal." We're now gonna play keep away instead of trying to press and add oh yeah add more to it. They took, they took their foot off the pedal for sure, and and they were they were basically playing prevent, mm. which I didn't understand. Uh, so, but I they're they're an easy team to like. Um, they they the, the youngest team in the tournament, I believe it. Um, they still haven't gelled yet. I don't think. I think by the- oh yeah. Next World Cup, they'll be they'll be really really impressive. The next World Cup's in here is here too. Yep, in uh, sharing between Canada, Mexico, and us. Yeah, sharing. Yeah, what? It's a three team or yeah, three nation uh, host next time. Hmm. So so Matt, what what have you thought of this of this World Cup and particularly the U.S. team to this point? Um, so, well, first off, I want to say that it it got off to a really good start as far as, uh, the World Cup as a whole, Uh, seeing Argentina lose, seeing Germany lose, that's, that's like seeing Alabama and Georgia losing. Yep. Um, those, those were, you know, those were some upsets that, you know, the casual, even the casual fan, you know, can appreciate. Um, so I thought, I thought we've had a really good start to the World Cup as far as the U.S. goes. Um, yeah, that first game, you could tell them that they're, they're kind of, the nerves were there. They came out and were, for the first part of that game, they were, they were dominating Wales and then Wales adjusted and kind of like you just mentioned with the, the Iran game, they, they, you know, took a, took a step back and then that's when Wales was able to tie it up. So, um, then the the second game, you could tell they were hyped up getting, you know, to play England and they, they, they outplayed England. Yeah, England. Yes, England I, has scored that one. England has scored seven, eight goals this tournament, and the U.S. shut them out. Yep. Of course, of course, they got shut out too because the U.S. doesn't have the offense either. But um, I saw that, I saw somebody say that was like England getting a bunch of uh, their professional athletes together coming over here and playing the uh, uh, Pro Bowl. NFL team and it ending in a three three or a zero zero tie like that's yeah. basically what the equivalent was. It, it, it was a very shocking result because in England's five, I think in the in the world we're fifteen. So I mean, it, it wasn't like a, a major major upset, but it's still with the guys that they have on their team that all play professionally. We, we've got our fair share, but they've got superstars. We've got good players that play in the Premier League. I wouldn't say we have any superstars, so. Um, yeah, I think uh, we, we have, I'm pretty uh, pleased with what I've seen, and I think I read an article that says we're about to enter the golden age of U.S. soccer. I feel like they write that every time we, <laughs> we make the World Cup, but I do I, the young players that we have, especially the ones we have over, playing overseas right now. Um, I do think our future is bright. It's definitely the game is definitely growing in the U.S. Yes. Um. So it's. I know, I'm excited. I, Netherlands is going to be a tough game, though. That's I think they're the second best team in the tournament I've seen so far behind France. So, um, and France didn't even play today and only lost one nothing. So, uh, yeah. So, kind of go. So, yeah, Matt. Does does this U.S. team? I know they're young. I know they're yeah. you know this. Do they do they have a chance to win it all? Is there a chance? Realistically, no. Yeah, <laughs> they. I think they can get. I think they can beat the Netherlands uh, and get to the quarterfinals. I think the ceiling is probably yeah the quarterfinals because then the after that, they'll most likely have to play Argentina and they're. I don't think they're ready for that challenge yet. Right. But you know, right now it's kind of. I'm not saying playing with house money, but it's. Right now they're just. 
trying to get experience. And I think that's right. the big thing that they need. Um, and they're only, I, I think they're only going to get better. I think next having hosting it in two, uh, 2026, um, that could be, I, I still would think that's kind of early for them to be considered favorites, but that's one where they kind of, I think, make a statement next world cup is when they show the world that, you know, they're now a soccer power. So um, I think, we're getting there, but realistically right now, no, we're not. It, it would, it would be like George Mason going into the, being a finalist for the, you know, March Madness and winning it all. 2004 but, all over again. Uh, I know they, yeah, they've had it once, but once the blue moon, you see it happen. But So do you guys uh, see where, you know, with the new equal pay agreement in soccer that the the women's national team is splitting basically the the pot that the men's national team has made? Like it's an even split. Um, So they've already gotten six and a half million dollars, which is more than either the, you know, which is more of than the last two women's national teams won combined. They won both of their tournaments, which is insane to think about. Uh, But the one question I have that nobody's been able to answer for me uh, and there's a lot of people I talk to who know more soccer or football or whatever you call it. Uh, where you're at, <clears throat> when's Stanconia playing? They're taking on the Zulu Nation tomorrow night at eight. Dropping PlayStation <laughs> Group X. Group X. That's a that's an old <laughs> Chappelle show skit and Outcast reference for all you guys out there. Oh man. African bottom mm-hmm. nation. Riggedy Rao is coming. So back back to uh, reality a little bit. Um, all right, so Matt, why? I mean, I get that you know soccer is it trails football and baseball and basketball and even to an extent hockey in the United States, but you know why is it that that we can't seem to close the gap. Like, I feel like, you know, you, you watch the, it's the one sport that's a global phenomenon that the U S just seems to still to not be at least a contender in until recently, you know, why, why do you think that is? And what is it going to take to close that gap? Can I, can I take a stab at this one for Matt answers? Yeah, sure. Um, so, because we actually talked about this at work today, and, and somebody pointed it out, it's it's basically in a lot of these countries, soccer is the premier sport. Whereas Drew, like you mentioned, over here in the states in America, you know, you could do football, you could do baseball, you could do basketball. A lot of these kids who, you know, played soccer when they were young don't stick with it because of other sports. Whereas in the other countries everybody wants to grow up and be a soccer player. Whereas here people might want to grow up and be a quarterback or a point guard, you know? Right. So that's just, I I know nothing about soccer. That's kind of the take. I I think that's, that's partially true, but I I don't necessarily think that's a, that's a big uh, disadvantage either. Cause a lot of, uh, you'll find a lot of hockey players are also soccer players. Yes. Uh, Same, same with basketball too. Um, just the quick movements and, and things like that, that, that trans soccer can translate to other sports um, and, and vice versa. So, I, so but, go ahead. Sorry. Keep going. So, but as far as w- why haven't we closed the gap? I, I still, I mean, it's still the, you know, the, we have the MLS here and you know, it, it's a, it, I think it's a growing league, but you know, the money's made and, basketball football the our spotlights more you know our our own sports but um you also look at our and not this isn't to discredit our athletes that we have currently with with the US but I mean could you imagine Tyree Kill if he actually focused on playing soccer or you know our 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 athletes that yeah you know LeBron <laughs> soccer our Derek athletes Derek Derek Henry yeah. out there on the pitch. Yeah exactly like our our best athletes don't play soccer historically so um i think that's part of it too and it's hard because the best the best league is you know the is the premier league and 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 all the other european leagues and and those games are usually played you know really early in the morning um saturdays and tuesdays it's just it's just hard to follow 
And I think that's why we, we don't always have, you know, it's hard to grow the game. It, it is starting to grow though. Um, as we get more American players, people are starting to tune in more to the, the premier league and, and all the other leagues uh, overseas. But um, it's just the, right now this football is going to be King. I, I don't see that changing uh, American football. So, um, and, and basketball too. It almost, you know, when it, whether it's yeah. the world cup or, or, uh, you know, the, um, even the Olympics, I guess, to a, to a, an extent, it almost kind of, it still feels like a novelty. Like, Oh yeah, we're doing that. Hey, I hope we really do well. You know, yes. as opposed to like, you know, if you grow up, um, I don't know, a, a fan of the Dallas Cowboys or um, the Lakers, or it's, it's uh, hey, my team's going to compete for a championship this year. I'm going to watch every game. I'm going to follow them. You know, yeah. Like it, it's it's really cool because it seems to bring the country together, but also it kind of highlights how we still don't have a good grasp of the game of soccer completely yet. You know what I mean? But this team is really, really fun to watch. I mean, I, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. No, I, I'm having a blast watching it. It'd be nice if they could score more, but defensively yeah. and we, and our goalie is really good. Yes. Um, so having that, having a goalie and having a defense is, is a big, uh, is a big thing. So, so if they could if they could just finish, <laughs> I, 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 did, I felt like Ted Ted Lasso yesterday when they called that uh, Wea's goal offsides. When, mm-hmm. when he's like, "How is that offsides? Explain to me." And the guy's like, he, "He's like, no, like really, explain to me what is offsides." I, I was getting annoyed with that though because they kept saying, "Well, we can't review it," but he was half a. Well, they said he was like half a step offsides, yeah. but then now, I never saw another replay. So I, I was asked, like, "How do you know that?" Yeah, I asked. Uh, <laughs> I need our, to see our, it. Yeah, I asked a friend yeah. of the show and, and noted soccer expert uh, Kyle McCune about it, and he said, it, "I mean, technically it was offsides, but he said that go that goes uncalled so many times, and you know, just a regular MLS match or another match that, that he's kind of shocked they called it." It's, but he basically said it's kind of the equivalent of like a defensive pass interference, you know. I, I guess maybe maybe I missed it. I just never saw another replay after that. I it, well, when they called it, I not to be a conspiracy theorist, but. When he when he called it and they immediately called it off called it back for offsides, I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, because that was that that was the deal breaker. If if that goal is good, it's I it's over at that. Oh point. yeah. Um, but they, uh, man, what a team! What a team! Yeah, the big game Saturday, so they'll. Yeah, they play at nine o'clock on Saturday morning. So, what? So, and something I've noticed in, in get you drinking in early, everybody. That's yeah, that's right. Get your mimosas. Well, you know there are a lot of places that will that that actually bars. Oh, there'll be bars open at seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah. It, especially on a Saturday, and yeah. there's not much college football either. So, Matt, it no. seems like there have been a lot of upsets in this World Cup. Is that the case, and why is that? Um, I think it's unfamiliarity, um, definitely with because I know Saudi Arabia upset um, Argentina. Saudi Arabia is like fiftieth in the world. Yeah, um, Argentina is four, maybe something like that. Yeah, they're, they're in the top ten somewhere. Um, I mean, you just they're on two different sides of the world, so they're, you know they're unfamiliar. So you may not have the scouting report really on them. Um, but also I found out about Saudi Arabia. So all their players on their national team play professionally in Saudi Arabia. So a lot of them have played together for years. That makes sense. Whereas whereas Argentina, yeah, they've had some that played together, but their Argentina players play all over the world because, you know, they're, they're a very good soccer nation. So the fact that the Saudi Arabia players actually played together, you know, most, and most of them have been on the same team. I think was actually an advantage for them. Yeah. Um, so that they were able to upset Argentina that game. Um, Japan with Germany, that was a big one. Japan's a good, is a good soccer nation. It's not Germany though. And I think that was just another case of just the unfamiliarity. German team that doesn't usually play um, 
you won't find them playing a lot of Asian nations. So, um, yeah, I, 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 it, it's just uh, – it, it's good to see, though. It's kind of, you know, like March Madness in a way. Um, of course, it's not single elimination, but – just I've to, been fascinated by the fact that it, I, I I don't know how Dan Orlovsky knows so much about soccer, but whoever's calling the game on Fox sounds just like him. Man, <laughs> yeah, Stu Holden. Dude, I I thought it was. I was like, this is. And first off, he's phenomenal. As somebody who doesn't really know what's going on, he he does a great job. But yeah, I was like, this guy sounds just like Dan Orlovsky. See, I I don't mind Stu Holden. Yeah, he's very good. The guy that makes me cringe every time I hear him talk is Alexi Lalas. Really. God, it's just, it's just uh, I, I can't remember her name, but that the the British lady that uh, that has been sitting with them um, for games and stuff. And she, you could tell she was getting annoyed because he was just talking about, you know, he was confident in the U.S. going to that England game, but she was like, she's like, dude, you you're you're way too confident for a team that's not really accomplished anything. He's just. He's passionate though, but yeah, yeah. I, Alexi Lalas is just just some of this. He's he's almost like that that dad that's too proud of his son. Yeah, um, you know that's on like your rec team growing up. I still he, take him over. Still take him over yeah. Bill Walton any day. Oh my gosh, Bill Walton's definitely gone off the deep end. <laughs> so so Alexi Lalas is the first like MLS player I had any kind of knowledge of because my, my butt yeah. that I was telling you uh played had his PlayStation game. That was that was his guy. I mean it was he was uh the was he D C Revolution? Yeah I think it was D C yeah. Yeah. Uh cool poster by the way. I, I like him as a player, yeah. yeah. No, I just uh, he was no Freddie Adu. Yeah. What? I that's first soccer player I could think of. Freddie Adu a ham. Like old school, like mid mid to early two thousand soccer player. Yeah, he it, he wants to see the game grow, and he's passionate. But he's just he 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 lets his butt. Like you know how we get on like Skip Carey with the Braves. Every time yeah. he, it's kind of like watching that. <laughs> yes, um, I to, to that point, uh, I will. What, Stu, what's his last name? Stu Holden. Holden. Stu Holden. Okay. So he is one of, in any sport, he is quickly becoming one of my favorite color commentators because he understands his audience. There are people that love the game, live, breathe, and eat it, and there are people that love the United States and have no freaking clue what's going on. And (laughs) he is adept at balancing the two and not making either one feel like an He's passionate, but he's intelligent. He's, He's excited, but he's also reserved. He's great. If he knew anything about football, I would pray that they would can half the people that are color commentators on ESPN <laughs> eight in the SEC network and bring him on. I mean, he's what makes him so great is he's not having to put on. There's no brand. He's not trying to make himself look good. He he is just helping you see what's going on on the field, and that is amazing. And he yeah he was he was a national player. That 10, 12 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. So he is great at what he does. I I am a fan. Yeah, it's pretty cool seeing uh Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan though there as color commentators now because yeah. those guys were past like three World Cups we had were, you know, our best players and now they're kind of doing the same thing. Uh you can kind of tell Clint Dempsey's getting getting annoyed with Lexi Lalas too, but it's yeah, he just unloaded. Uh, yeah. The other night, he was like, you know, what, what? I mean, he like the he was he only spoke for like twenty seconds and like pretty much just went went ham on the U.S. Yeah. Um, Matt, this uh, it's not really it's not really World Cup, but I'm just curious. Uh, did you ever play up play against Hoffman? Oh, um, from uh, what did you play Oak Mountain? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Uh... I played. A, actually, we played against him. So I was. We were on the same club team. Just he was on the younger. Okay. 
the younger team, and, I, and we scrimmaged them, or, or maybe it was a game. I don't know. I do remember in though, yeah, they they beat the crap out of us, <laughs> <laughs> and they were, you know, it was like the they were the freshmen, we were the seniors. Like he was two or three years younger than me, I think. I think he's yeah. two years younger than us. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I just remember, yeah, I, I remember the kid. Um, it was like on a corner kick, and the guy just like they they kicked the ball in, and he ran up to the ball, and with his like right leg kicked it, kicked the ball behind his left leg on the goal, and it went in. Like it did it like nonchalantly, and I just remember just staring at him like, okay. <laughs> so, so that's how it's going to like, you know, like the substitute teacher. So it's like, so that's how it's going to be. <laughs> uh, you know, Key and Peel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I did. I played against him. Uh, I, I know you, you hyped me up, Drew, but that guy was, that guy was really good. Yeah, I'd, I'd still, I'd still put my money on him. Well, he, he got drafted by the MLS, so. Yeah. <laughs> but he also played in college, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, I, you. You forego forwent that opportunity. You said, you know what? I think you I think you played like UCLA or something yes, like that. Yes. Yeah. Big time school. So I, yeah. I don't I don't think I ever interviewed him because he was he was still when I was in uh in the newspapers business in the Birmingham area in Shelby County and all, he was uh red hot. Like that he was like I think he had just gotten drafted like within the last year and, and you know, I don't think I ever, I may have written some like fundraiser he did. I don't think I ever interviewed him, but I just remember thinking, man, this kid's going to be huge. And then, you know, for whatever, I think he's gotten hurt and, and stuff. He still plays, but you know, I, I don't know. I just was. We come to think of, we played him in the playoffs. Cause I remember my coach <laughs> being like, okay, they've got Chandler Hoffman. That's who you guarded. <laughs> oh, so you so you guarded him? Um, no, I mean just like to our defense. Oh, yeah. Like saying like, basically they're like when he gets the ball, pay attention to that guy. You know, like they're like you know they've got a good team, but when he has the ball, you have to watch. Like basically, you know, he was telling us watch where you know wherever he is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember. I just, I, I just curious. I guess I was trying to give our audience kind of a baseline of like, I'm not just blowing smoke. Matt has played up against some really good players and held his own. That was a, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, you know. Drew's gonna somehow go doctor footage of Matt versus Pele from back in the day. <laughs> uh. No, but I do have one of Matt and Landon Donovan, so. Yeah. But, well, all right, so so, kind of wrapping it up on, on the World Cup here, unless you want to keep going. I mean, it's purely up to you, but what does the U.S. need to do to beat the Netherlands? Score more goals than the other team. I was going to say, just Will score. Now- <laughs> it's easier said than done. Yeah, I if they if they show up like they did against England, they'll I think they'll beat the Netherlands. Very cool. If they show up like they did against England, now I mean that's easier said than done. Um, but yeah, they they need they need Pulisic too. But if Pulisic's hurt and, and can't play that game Saturday, we're in trouble. They need they need his uh they need him you know on the field to distribute the ball. And they need. Yeah, and his goal scoring ability too. So, um, well, uh, have they released what the injury was? Abdomen. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Pel- uh, pelvis. Oof. Yeah, that's rough. He said he's gonna play, but <laughs> my man, I hope I, I hope it's a situation like it's it's like the U.S. is about to announce their starters. And there's just a smoke machine, and then you just hear <laughs> real American blaring Kenny Power style, and here he comes onto the pitch. Uh, yeah. he, he said he'll play. We'll see if he'll be a starter or if he'll be coming off the bench. But... Oh, so he's going Kirk Gibson, that's what you're saying. Yeah, but they need him. He, he needs to play the majority of the game, I think, for them to have any shot. Sure, 100%. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't 
pretend to know a whole lot about soccer, just what I've, you know, what I covered back in the day. And then to, you know, what on earth just back <laughs> background? Could be my dog. Oh. Um, Could be me. Who knows? <laughs> no, but, but just from covering it and then, you know, kind of equating it to hockey a little bit. And there were, there were a few times um, I'd be like, no, don't, you know, even I knew I was like, that is not what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, they they like to make that. They made it interesting in the Iran game for sure with the, yeah. how they were playing, especially defensively. But you know, they have they haven't at least uh, given up a goal besides a PK. So yeah, um, yeah. But and I think too the I like the especially that last game. They yeah, they needed Pulisic to and he scored that big goal. Tyler Adams played a great game. Um, but so did Sergio Des too. Yes, yes. I think he was all over the place. Um, those those are your big three, I think, right there. That they're going to have to do the same thing against uh, the Netherlands, who have a very talented team. So, it, I'm excited. It's going to be a good game. I think. I don't think. I don't. I don't think. I don't expect the U.S. to get blown out. I don't expect them to, you know, win. <laughs> you never know. I think they'll keep it close. I hope so. Well, uh, that kind of wraps it up here for us here at the Message Pitch. We talked about college football and football, and uh, um, you know, I, I, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of weeks here with the conference championships and uh, and also with the World Cup. I hope the U.S. is able to get past the orange. Um, Will, you want to hit us up with some uh, predictions for college football for the week before we get out of here? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, LSU or Georgia will smoke LSU. K State. I mean, it, it, you Purdue, Purdue and Michigan, Kansas State and TCU, and uh, I couldn't even tell you who the other one is. Oh, USC and Utah. I mean, are the only really big ones. You you missed the game of the evening. Mm hmm. Talking about Clemson, North Carolina? Nope. No, no. Uh, UTSA Roadrunners versus the North Texas Green. What what are they? Mean Green. Mean Green. Mean Green. 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 That's Um, listed on ESPN. I think it's on CBS. Tulane is hosting Cincy, I believe, in New Orleans. Nope. I know they're hosting UCF. Correct. Got to get that redemption. Will, I cannot believe you overlooked the game of the night. Our favorite team, the Purdue Boilermakers. I already said Purdue versus Michigan. <laughs> did you? He, he did yes. say it, oh. but we need to reiterate it. Purdue. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't want to be accused. You know, my, my rage <laughs> Purdue bias. I don't want to be accused. If, can you imagine if Purdue knocks off Michigan? No, because what's going to happen? Well, They'll still if make Pur- it. If, guys, if Purdue doesn't beat Michigan and we somehow get a, like, Music City Bowl – of Purdue versus South Carolina, I, 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 I might, I, I might as well mentally have to shut it down, guys. You know, the, <laughs> the two big teams that we root for. I don't know who I'd, my bias would be going more to. No, um, I mean I wasn't planning on doing any predictions for the conference title games because I feel like it's basically all chalk at this point. If any two teams were going to lose, I think it might be Kansas or TCU and. Uh, USC because you know you can play any physical brand against a Lincoln Riley led uh, team and they crumble. Uh, there it is. I did want to did want to plug you know with with bowl season coming up, um, and the big bowl games look terrible. We're we're gonna do the third the third annual or the fourth annual whichever one message pitch bowl contest. Yeah, we'll go live. We will get Jordo on and. He got to get McDuffie on since he was last year's winner. You know, the winner of the previous year gets to host with us. Um, and I also want everybody out there to – I'm making the executive decision now. Uh, with it being Christmas time, stay tuned for the message pitch, uh, me, Drew, and Matt's uh, go-to Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. A lot better. When you started talking about uh, making executive decisions, I got very nervous. <laughs> we are officially changing our name from the message pitch to uh, – the Boilermaker Station. No. Train is on the tracks. No. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not doing that. So, 
Okay, folks. Well, thanks for joining us once again. We hope it was uh, it was informative and you enjoyed it. As always, you can find us online, www.themessagepitch.com. I know this because I just had to renew the uh, URL. Uh, WordPress got a little mad at me about that. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and if you have any comments, questions, or you want Will's uh, you know, personal contact information so you can cuss him out, uh, be sure to hit uh, info at the message pitch.com. So uh, for all of us here at the message pitch, I'm Drew. I'm Will, and uh, our Twitter handle is at Drew for Purdue.com. That is That's not our, new- our Twitter handle. That's our new URL. <laughs> that is not it. All right, guys, hurry this up. I got to go. Uh, I got to go look at my uh, shrine to Jeff Brown real quick. Come on. Wow. Well, of course. Uh, and I'm Matt, uh, USA all the way. Let's, uh, let's go get them, boys. And we are the message pitch. We'll see you next time.